0: Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek.
1: And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast.
0: So, today Katina has an article for us to talk about. Do you want to give us like a high level summary and then maybe we can chat about how you're doing?
1: Sure. So, uh, I've been reading a lot lately about this concept of cognitive reappraisal. And basically, it's the idea of how you look at things, uh, how you see your situation when something negative happens to you can change the way that you respond to it emotionally and that can impact your well-being so I'm going to talk about some techniques for uh, changing the way that you view negative situations and uh, this Mm. can have an impact it's not an article that actually is from the workplace literature but I think the implications for the workplace are the same as they would be in other life domains so um, we're going to talk about what those strategies might look like that sounds
0: really interesting how exciting Um, Yeah, I can't wait to hear about those techniques. I'm sure I could use them. (laughs) Me Um, too. So I did want to talk about us a little bit. So you are now in Boston for a conference, but we just hung out and we started a conference ourselves.
1: Yes, we did. It was super fun. Um, So we just presented at the Millennial Summit, which was in Wilmington, Delaware. And basically it was a conference that brought together a bunch of uh, mostly millennial audience to learn about uh, strategies for leadership and um, sort of making sure that you're uh, putting your best foot forward when it comes to uh, achieving business goals and then also entrepreneurship for the second day. So I was on a panel uh, about diversity and inclusion in the workplace. Patricia was on a panel um, about finding your passion at work and then you got to be on the closing plenary, which was super cool. And you were on the big screen. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome. So, um, yes. yeah, I feel like we had a good a good time.
0: Yeah, it was very fancy. Um, I felt fancy up on the big stage. Yes. But it was really fun. Um, I've never been to Wilmington before. or de- I mean, I've driven through Delaware, but I've never, like, stopped in Delaware. So it was nice to add a state to my list of places that I, I know. Um, we also got to visit Katina's cousin, who yeah. works, um at one of the coffee shops called Haha ha, And it was so cute. It was so cute.
1: It is really cute. And then his wife uh, came to the conference. So it was funny because we didn't know we were going to see her. And uh, she ended up uh, being at the conference, which was so funny. Uh, so... Uh, got to see some family which was very cool and uh, actually his wife has uh, been a big supporter of the worker being podcast and uh, of the blog and everything like that so uh, shout to Carrie um, that was fun to to hang out and uh, get to see how Patricia interacted with some of my family members so that was nice
0: <laughs> yes it was it was really fun to meet them um, so that was cool and of course as always it was great to spend some time with you and we did a lot of work on worker being stuff uh, the weekend before the conference and um, if you don't read our blog or follow us on social media we are going to be launching a retreat in the spring so we did a lot of planning for that and prepping and we're getting everything ready Um, so we haven't announced a date or anything yet but it's coming soon it's coming soon so keep an eye out and if you are interested in doing something like that we're Obviously, we're going to be focused on research-based workplace wellness um, techniques and to help you create the, the work environment that you want and help you manage stress. So keep an eye out. You know, sign up for our, our newsletter or follow us on social media. We'll definitely mention it here too, but that's probably a better way. The, the newsletter is probably the best way to get more information if you're interested in going to a retreat. It's going to be pretty small and intimate, just about 20 people. So um, yeah, first come. Might be helpful to get on the newsletter.
1: Yeah. And uh, I think also something to shout out about a little bit is that uh, we initially, you know, basically did our uh, feedback for where people would like to have it and what kind of content people would like to see and things like that through our email listserv. And the members of our hive uh, get exclusive content. Uh, every month from us that you can't find on the blog but you also get uh, information chance to give input uh, early on uh, in the process of when we're planning things so all of that input is then reflected in what we do so if you're interested in giving us some feedback in the future on what we do then you should take some time to sign up for our listserv and you can uh, put your input in that way very true
0: yes but we're super excited about the retreat you know Everything that we've talked about on this podcast means so much to us, and we really want to bring like a great experience of this type of research to people, and so we're excited. We're working really hard on it, and that was really fun to have some great, dedicated time over the weekend to really focus in on this area. Um, so we, I don't know, I think that was, the conference was amazing, and we had a lot of fun with that, but I think that was the most exciting part for me, was to sit down with you, Katina, and really like figure out what are these details and what are we going to do? And, you know, it's a new phase of worker being that we're just very proud of and really excited about.
1: Yeah, I think both of us have been on retreats that we really, really liked and found beneficial. And so I think it's awesome when uh, you can take something that you've benefited from before and put your own spin on it, but also pay it forward. And I'm really looking forward to being able to uh, make that happen from that perspective that, you know, we're able to take take what we've learned from other retreats and what we know from the science of wellness and put it together in a package where we can actually interact with you because uh while we love doing the blog and the podcast i think you know i don't know how you feel about it patricia but you know we don't get to interact with all of you enough and uh i think it's really important for us to feel uh connected to you and to hear more from you individually and we feel like the retreats will really give us an opportunity to like grow that network and create those more solid connections with people who have been listening to the podcast or reading the blog and um, really be able to, you know, see that impact in action that we hope to be able to have. So um, I'm looking forward to that.
0: Oh, I totally agree. I think it'll be great to get to know people, um, to, you know, hear stories and insights and, you know, learn from from all of you. And then I also think it'll be great for people to get to know each other at the retreat because it's gonna be so small. You can really get to meet, Other people that obviously are also interested in this area um, and trying to make a healthy work environment so you can find friends to be accountability partners and um, build a community around this. And I think it'll be a really fun first step in that. And hopefully, um, hopefully you all think so. And I think it'll also be really cool for people that are in the first one. Um, I mean, you'd be in the inaugural retreat, so you'd have a lot of input into what it's going to turn into. Cause we're obviously, as you know, huge on feedback, want to hear from you want to hear everything that you think. So that first group is really going to have a lot of voice into shaping what you want from the community, um, yeah. and what you want from worker being. So I'm, I'm really excited for that too, is, you know, obviously to share some really great tips and to really help build, um, the toolkits for our followers, but also to get to know what people want, get to know, you know, where you're coming from, why it matters to you so that we can really make sure that what we're doing is very relevant to you specifically as our followers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So yeah, we're looking forward to it. Look for more information from us and uh, we can't wait to meet some of you in person. Yay. It'll be great. So
0: anyways, I feel like a, I love talking about it because I'm so excited, but I also feel like we're being a little pluggy, which I know is totally fine, <laughs> obviously. Like, that's the point of all this stuff. But It's okay. On that note, um, but I do get weird about it. I don't know. I'm like not, I can never be a salesperson. I'm the salesperson. That if you say no, I would just like, okay, bye. and walk Yeah, away. that's all I am too. Um, I'm like, never good. be good. Like, yeah, actually, this is why you should do it. I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm gone. Bye. Um, yeah. But anyways, on that note, I wanted to dive into the article because I think that what you described from a high level sounds super helpful. Um, So let's get in there. Let's get into the meat and find out what it is that we can take away from it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So basically, this article is discussing different ways that people can regulate their emotions in response to stressful situations. So all of us encounter stressors all day long um, at work uh, in our lives and you know, the extent to which those stressors are stressful varies. So some stressors are particularly stressful and other stressors are more low level. Um, But we're constantly encountering things that cause our body to feel some form of stress. Um, Whether it's, you know, a deadline at work or someone asks you to fulfill a request for them that you weren't expecting, or you get an email from somebody that you don't know how to respond to. All those different things are stressors in your environment. And the way that you respond to those stressors and the emotions that those stressors bring to you uh, really impacts your behavioral response, like the way that you actually, um, you know, once you once you figure out how you're going to think about that stressor, the way that you then respond. So do you freak out? Uh, What do you how do you how do you behave in response to that stressor? And then how does that sort of chain of events, something happens to you, you figure out how you're going to think about it. Then you react according to how you think about it. How does that all impact your well-being in the long term? And so uh, that part about how you think about it is called cognitive reappraisal and or cognitive appraisal. And the idea of cognitive reappraisal is a technique that you can use to change the way that you think about a stressor, which then ultimately impacts the way that you respond emotionally to the stressor. So, Basically, the take home message of this article is that your mindset, the way that you think about stressors around you actually changes the way you respond to them, which then has an impact on your well-being. So when people say like change your frame of mind or change the way you think about it or think about it differently, there is actually something to that. It's not just garbage. Uh, Changing the way you think about something Mm -hmm. can actually impact the way it impacts you.
0: So I'm just trying to think of, like, examples. Like, I'm thinking, okay, if I get an email from somebody, like your example, I get an email that's kind of hard to respond to. You don't really know how to respond. And then, like, that obviously can stress you out a lot, um, especially if it's, like, a a really challenging question or they're giving you some negative feedback that you need to address. Um, One way to look at that is, oh, I have a crappy thing I have to deal with, right? It's not cool that this person said this to me or – um i'm really unhappy about this question i think it's you know i think it's coming out of the field it doesn't make sense whatever or you could look at it as all right like this sucks but i'm gonna learn how to handle this situation better next time because i have to go through this right now is that Mm -hmm. kind of what you're talking about would that be yeah example
1: so there are that's a that's a perfect example of one of the forms of cognitive reappraisal so in this study they looked at three different forms And just as a spoiler alert, they all sort of have the same impact on uh, people's ability to uh, cope with stressors more effectively and then on your well-being. So any of these can work for you. Um, Some may be more cognitively taxing than others. So some might be harder to do and take more energy, but they all have the same impact. So you can kind of pick which one you think is easiest. Um, But the one that you just talked about is called positive reframing, which is basically saying, okay. this is a negative thing that's happening to me, but what can I learn or what can I take away from it that's positive? So, yeah, maybe I got this email from this coworker that I don't appreciate, but going through this exercise of trying to figure out how to respond to them and handling them helps me to grow my skill set in dealing with difficult people right? So I'm going to come across difficult people over the course of my life. And while I may not feel like dealing with this right now, this is helping me to get better at understanding how to tackle these kinds of situations moving forward. So that's called positive reframing. There are two Mm. other kinds of cognitive appraisals that they talk about in the article. One is called self-distancing. So that's the ability to sort of step back from a situation and think about things from a broader perspective, So if I was someone else watching this, right, what would I think about the situation? If I was a fly on the wall in my own situation and I'm not interpreting it as me, I'm interpreting it as somebody else just watching it, what kinds of things would I think about this situation? And that helps people because it allows you to sort of uh, get out of your immediate response and get out of your immediate pattern of thought and think about, like, if I had a friend in a similar situation, what would what would I say to them, basically? Um, so it helps you to sort of separate from yourself in the scenario and slow down your responding to think about, OK, what do I think is actually the best course of ac- action from a more objective perspective? So
0: with the email example, it could be something like somebody, your coworker says something really negative and asks, like, a really rude question. Then you take a step back and you're like, all right, well, what would I tell my friend to do in this situation? What is actually happening here? And then you're like, okay, I shouldn't respond angrily back. I should be polite. I should, you know, keep it cordial and be, you know, the bigger person in this situation. Or maybe, you know, I would advise the person to ask, you know, why... Do they have this reaction or try to have a conversation outside of email on the phone or, you know, think about maybe the other person's perspective is something happening that made them react this way. So it's just really taking that second to step away and look at things in a much bigger, bigger way. Right.
1: Exactly. So basically it's the exactly what you said. If I was, if I was hearing this story from someone else, what would I tell them to do? or how would I think that they should appropriately react? And that helps you to get yourself out of your own emotional reactions because basically what happens in these situations is you're tangled up in the scenario. So, things are happening to you and you have maybe you have a past history with that coworker that's not so great that, you know, it drums up emotions surrounding that. Or maybe you think that they're doing it for a particular reason. Um, They're trying to get under your skin because they're competing with you, whatever the case may be. So you may have these like background things that are running uh, that provide context around the scenario that may not actually be meaningful for what is best for you to do in that specific situation, but they impact the like volume of your emotion. Like how upset do I feel about this? Um, or they might impact the way that you respond. Like, um, well, I'm going to be extra snarky back to them because I know that this is the third time they've sent me an email like this, right? Whereas if mm-hmm. you take a step back and try to think about the situation just as its own standalone thing, how would you tell somebody else to respond to this specific action, you might be able to get a less uh, emotionally couched and more thoughtful uh, reaction than if you just sort of go with your gut in that moment
0: mm-hmm. that makes sense and how so with the the positive reframing piece it makes sense right if you look at something positively and what your takeaways or your learnings are then you walk away feeling better about the situation to some degree in this case you say it has the same impact on well-being right Mm-hmm. So, what do, do they talk about the theories as to why? Or is it more of like, because I have some ideas. Like, I think that, you know, if you take that minute to step back, then at least when you walk away, you may not be stressed out about your response. Like, oh, I didn't say the right thing. Or, oh, I didn't, I should have handled it this way. I'm second guessing what I did because I was emotional or any of that. So then you kind of like right. more closure to the situation. And then, therefore, you're going to feel a little better. Um, but do, do they talk about that at all?
1: Yeah. It actually helps you to. Basically, create some space between yourself and the situation, which mentally allows you to like disengage from it a little bit, which naturally calms down the stress response that you have to the situation. Mm-hmm. So instead of mm-hmm. getting all tangled up in the stress, it helps you to disengage from the stress and to think more clearly. And while the article doesn't get into this specific piece of it, I would imagine that when you can think more clearly, you make decisions that you feel better about because they're not so knee-jerk. And so you may have less, like for example, like rumination about it afterwards because... You've thought through your response a little bit more so you're less likely to regret your response or less likely to do the thing that a lot of people do which is like oh I responded to that person and I said blah and then like five minutes later you're like oh you know what I should have said I should have said this right like it gives you some time. To mentally separate so you're not so tangled up in the emotions. And then through that process, it allows you to provide a more thoughtful response, which I would imagine, although they didn't measure it in this study, gives you some more peace of mind down the line because your thought, your response wasn't just so um, quick and uh, potentially careless.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. I'd be curious to see if, if that played out at any point. Um, what about, so was the third one? There's a third. Yes.
1: Yes. So the third one is called temporal distancing. And that idea is that you basically look at a stressful event from the perspective of a future version of yourself. So, hey, right now I'm really stressed about this email, but 10 years down the road, how much is this email going to matter to me? Or 10 years down the road, how am I going to view this day in my life? Like, putting things in perspective in terms of like the broad scope of stressful things that can happen to you in life and also thinking about how can you um, how can you think about whether or not this even matters to get upset about in the bigger picture uh, can help you again to get more separated from the emotional distress that you're uh, how, that you're experiencing. And it also gives the same effect of um, sort of stepping back and thinking about the bigger picture how should I respond to this in a less emotionally entangled way now that I have it in the perspective of in the grand scheme of things over the next 10 years of my life, this email is probably fairly minuscule in terms of the amount of stress that it's going to cause me to experience. So wh- why should I waste a day worrying about it? Right? Like mm-hmm. it gives you some of that perspective. So that's called temporal distancing.
0: Okay. That makes sense. So that is, I mean, I feel like it's very similar in terms of what you approach you take a second. To step back mm-hmm. from the situation but in this case you're thinking all right so I got this email from Joe my co-worker that kind of sucks right now do I care in 10 years am I going to care about this email from Joe am I really mm-hmm. going to be upset about it um you can try like I was thinking about this as you were talking like I was in a work environment that was not positive um several years ago and you know, at the time, I felt like I was super stressed out all the time because, like, anything that my boss at the time would say or any of the people around would talk about these, they were just very petty, lots of politics. Um, and I would just get so worked up about some of this stuff. But then at one point, I actually had a friend of mine who was hired in. Um, she started like a little bit after me, and we bonded very quickly over the environment we were in. And she was like, who cares what so-and-so says? Who cares what, um, you know, that person did? Like, think, like, she's like, what does it really matter to your life down the road? Like, how is this actually going to impact you? And then I was like, that's valid. <laughs> and then anytime <laughs> I get, like, a really snarky email from someone, I just be like, oh, well, whatever. When I'm out of this job, you know, Joe over there is still going to be snarky joe but it's not going to impact me and what does that actually matter in the long run right um what is that specific behavior going to do in terms of my full like the fulfillment of my life like obviously there's different situations where people might be bullying you or who knows what like other things that could impact your career trajectory or something like that so there's much much larger stressors but to your point there are some stressors that are small that are unnecessary to be Mm -hmm. dwelling on and I think that's where this removal comes into play, right? If you remove yourself tem- temporally, if you like think about a future time and you realize that some of these things are going to like impact your future career, well, then that's something else you have to address. But if you at yeah. that moment and you're like, Joe said something snarky in 10 years, am I ever going to think about Joe's snarky comment? Well, probably not.
1: Can, can we just also say that the last time you talked about this job and how it was emotionally distressing and a coworker, you also used the name Joe. And now I feel like, I feel like you just have this like Joe, like you're, you're like, there's (laughs) something about this. I don't know if there's a real Joe or like, you just really have a lot of negativity against Joe's everywhere. But as you were talking about it, I was like, wow, (laughs) here comes Joe again. (laughs) (laughs) Ironically, the people that I'm talking about were
0: not men either. So that's um, funny. I don't I don't know why Joe keeps coming
1: into my mind. Um, I just thought I'd flag that up in case anyone's been keeping track of your examples of a negative coworker. There is no real Joe, just so everyone there knows. There is no real Joe. Because there's a I lot of hate changed, towards Joe.
0: I changed the gender of Joe to protect and the not innocent.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but not to protect the Joes. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Joes. Yeah. All the innocent Joes getting a bad name. Um, The innocent (laughs) Joes are suffering. But
0: I did want to pause for a second because I am like kind of tired from everything. And I don't. Did we ever mention the name of this article? Actually, yeah, no, we did we did not. So <laughs> okay, um, okay. I was like, wait a second, what year was this in? And I, as I was no, you're about good. That, I was like, wait, we never talked about it.
1: Here it is. It's called "Comparing the Effects of Three Online Cognitive Reappraisal Trainings on Wellbeing," and it's by Rachel Ranny, Emma Bruhlman Senecal, and Oslam Aduk. and it was in the Journal of Happiness Studies in 2017.
0: Perfect. Okay. So interesting. Yes. So with that title, that actually leads me to a question. So it sounds like all three of these different ways of approaching a stressor can really have a positive impact on your well-being. Yes. And it sounds like they had a training around it. Yes. So there's actually like they gave courses to people?
1: Yes. So uh within this study, they used online trainings for uh the individuals that went through. Um so the good news is that this is not a difficult thing for you to sort of learn how to do in your everyday life. Um, so they, you know, basically were able to have people go through, um, a quick online training to try to prime them to do these things. Um, and so they basically taught them how to, uh, positively reframe, how to self distance, how to temporarily distance, um, within the training. Um, and then they saw down the line, Uh, whether or not that impacted their ability to uh, feel like they were able to better cognitively reappraise overall, and then whether that general capacity for cognitive reappraisal impacted their well-being. And it did, which is good. Mm, Uh, Things like satisfaction with life, self-esteem, optimism, positive affect. Um, So basically the idea is that this is uh, pretty – Uh, easy to influence if you train yourself uh, by just trying to do this. So come up with, you know, three stressful situations that you uh, have encountered uh, in the past and then spend a few minutes trying to think about how to see the silver lining in the situation. Think about, you know, if you were a fly on the wall or you were a friend of yourself and you wanted to give advice about the situation, what you would say And then spend some time thinking about how important is this in the grand scheme of your life? Um, You know, will you think about this, uh, you know, 20 years from now? Um, And if the answer is no, um, or, you know, this is then just think like this is going to pass. So let me pay as much attention to it emotionally as I need to pay attention to it, knowing that it's sort of a fleeting thing that's not going to matter.
0: I think that's so helpful like I think that's a good exercise to get yourself thinking that way Mm -hmm. and then um and then hopefully it'll it'll help actually do it like like I said in my example like my friend did do that and tell me to do that temporal distancing or you know think about what it's going to mean long term and that was huge and I just all I needed was that perspective right all I needed was someone to like Point it out to me and say, "This you're stressing out, but there's no reason to do that. You're stressing out, but this is not important in the in the big picture." And she's like, definitely one of those people that just like really does a great job of looking at the big picture. So it came naturally to her. But just having it pointed out to me made a big difference. And the rest of my time there, I would think about that. I would, Mm -hmm. if I encountered something that was really like a negative behavior from a coworker from those joes out there all the joes (laughs) then i would remember and be like okay well joe is just terrible but joe doesn't matter in the grand scheme of this life of mine so Mm -hmm. i mean all i needed was that reminder so hopefully you know with this conversation i mean obviously practicing and thinking about other um situations that you've been in and like starting to start thinking that way is helpful but hopefully even just the reminder just the thought to like take a minute step back Think about what you would tell your friend to do. Think about what this, how does this actually matter down the road? Um, I think it can make a big difference without really a lot of effort and when it comes down to it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, just training yourself to go to that strategy. So, um, you know, flexing that muscle more frequently can make it something that you more naturally do. So, uh, you know, something stressful happens to you, you feel yourself getting kind of wrapped up in it and okay, let me take a second to think about what's the silver lining to this situation. Let me take a second to think about how important this is in the grand scheme of things. Let me take a second to think about, you know, what, what, what advice would I give someone else in the same situation? If you can ask yourself those three questions or even just one of those questions, because they all had a similar impact, um, on, uh, on outcomes. So even if you only have time for one, that's okay too. Um, And thinking about, you know, if you can just slow yourself down, separate yourself from that emotion and allow yourself to sort of release from all the unneeded stress that you have and be able to sort of live in the moment and see things more objectively. um, It's really helpful. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. Just one of them is enough and figuring out maybe which one is easiest for you. Maybe you try them all out a few times and then pick the one that you think works the best and then you'll know that's the question that you should keep asking yourself. And I also think this is huge for, so for yourself as an employee in your own life, but managers could really use this too. Like if you have, like especially if you're like in an industry where you have difficult customers or clients, right, you're going to have a lot of little stressors throughout the day um it might make sense to like talk to your teams about these types of things or you know if you just know your team is generally getting stressed out I mean people get stressed out at work all the time so Mm -hmm. it could be really any leader any manager could sit down with their team and just talk about these three strategies and you know practice it and think about ways to cope and obviously as a manager you you want your team to feel comfortable coming to you if they're dealing with something that's extremely stressful or happening you know over and over again that needs to be addressed Um, so this is a great time to one, say that and bring that up, but then also show that, you know, you know, there's other stressors out there and you care about their well-being. So here are some three, like some things, these three things that you can think about using to help you cope with that stress and those stressful situations. Um, so then you're kind of opening the dialogue with your
1: team, giving them some cool tools and then just being an awesome manager. Yeah. I think that makes perfect sense i think that you can uh, provide people with these kinds of strategies and i think also thinking about you know Using them yourself, um, and trying to make it sort of like a practice on the team. Um, you know, if you have a if you have a negative coworker interaction, you have a negative customer interaction. Here are some steps that I consider you taking. You could even formalize that, like into your own trainings for customer service or for you know interpersonal relationships with coworkers. Like this is how we suggest mm-hmm. that you handle these things. I think it'd be really cool. Um, and I also just think you know the interesting thing about this is that a lot of times the science doesn't really back up a lot of like old adages. Like they sound like so fluffy, right? Um, So you have a problem Mm -hmm. and someone's like, try to see the silver lining on the cloud or like, you know, well, you know, put things in perspective. Um, Those things are things that we say really frequently and they sound sort of fluffy, but as it turns out, they're not a bad idea. So, um, you know, making sure that if, if you have been giving that advice to people that they know that like, This is actually a specific strategy that you can use and here's how. So it's not a fluffy idea. It's just that it doesn't often get like concrete enough to be like, but how do I do that? So this kind of gives people a way to do it. uh, And you can turn advice that you're already giving people into actionable stuff by just giving them these exercises. Yeah,
0: that's, that's a good point. I do think that it's really interesting that it does line up with what people say, um, that doesn't always happen. And so it's kind of fun when it does. Cause then you're like, Hey, I don't have to change my beliefs. And the fact that your attitude towards something can make a difference. You just now have something to back it up and ways to actually do that. Um, so I think that's huge. And I think I wanted to go back to the manager thing. Cause I just had an idea too, like in terms of modeling this type of behavior. So let's say you have team meetings, like we have biweekly team meetings and on it, we talk about, you know, wins from our clients and things that, you know, have gone well. And we sometimes we will talk about problems too, right? So we'll talk about things that we want others advice for. Or sometimes we just talk about something that maybe didn't go that well that we just want to vent about um, or like commiserate with other people. Um, maybe in a situation like that, you know, as the manager, you could say, all right, so great. Like, thank you, Patricia, for sharing your experience with Joe. Um, <laughs> what can we do... Like, let's think about what you learned from that experience. You know, let's reframe that. Or um, if you were to step back, what would you have told your friend to do in that situation? Or like, I understand that Joe has been very challenging, but, you know, five years or so, are you going to care about what Joe said here? So like helping them do that, um, like obviously explaining what this is before you jump into it. But, you know, you tell everyone about these techniques and then maybe in team meetings and stuff, you can actually actively practice it as a group. So then maybe when they your employees get into that situation, they're already on that, that thought track, um, without you really even having to ask them to do a lot on their own time, because they'll be in terms of practicing, because they'll be practicing all the time in your team meetings.
1: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really, really good point. Um, sort of institutionalizing these practices can be a really, really good idea. And I think, you know, modeling those behaviors as with everything for leaders. Like when you model the behaviors yourself, that's really positive for creating a team culture where people do these sorts of things. And, um, you know, if you can find decent online resources to point your team to like these trainings were online. Um, and sometimes, you know, like with mindfulness trainings and things like that, there are trainings that are present online that are actually pretty good. So in some instances, uh, there's, you know, this, uh, ability to find really good resources. So if you can find something similar on YouTube or through a mindfulness app or something like that, you can also point your team to direction of like those kinds of resources to make sure that people are, you know, staying on the right track and are they're using something that uh, is standardized that they can access um, easily through, you know, their mobile device or whatever the case may be. So yeah, I think that there's good ways to get it out there and they're really just pretty simple tactics that tend to have a positive impact on well-being. One interesting thing is that they didn't find that they decrease negative things, so like worrying um or uh brooding over things, like continuing to think about bad stuff uh that's happened after um it's happened uh those kinds of things, they didn't see uh an impact Um, Or like negative emotion An impact on that They just saw an increase On positive emotions And positive Mm -hmm. um, attitudes So um, I think that it's interesting That just you don't even have to decrease the extent to which you're feeling negative. Just increasing the extent to which you feel positive has this uh, impact on your well-being. And there's some theory out there that suggests that that's because you know when you focus on the positive, you continue to focus on the positive. Like if I find the positive in one situation, I might find the negative in another situation, and I may not ever notice the negative thing about that other situation. So um, while when a stressor occurs, it's not decreasing the negativity that you already felt about that stressor, uh, it may actually be just changing Changing the baseline negativity that you have that you will feel right um, in future situations, which could have a positive impact on your well-being. So in any event, um, it just is a way to really enhance the benefit finding that you do in your daily life to try to um, impact how you approach stressful situations and how you can uh, basically make things feel better and uh, more positive when they occur.
0: So in kind of lay terms, it almost makes you more like optimistic about things in general. Yeah. Just more positive about things in general. And then even if uh, there's some negative emotions, your positive emotions, I mean, let's be real. Like if you have way more positive emotions than negative emotions, just because you have the negative emotions, the positive will outweigh it. So your mood is still going to be more positive. Um, Yeah. And so if you're just seeing things more positively overall and your positive emotions are higher... Then it makes sense. So you're just kind of turning yourself into a mini optimist.
1: (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. The combination of uh, factors that they uh, measured were general satisfaction with your life, like just being happy with the way that your life is going. Self-esteem, like being satisfied with yourself. Optimism, expecting good things for yourself. uh, And positive affect, uh, feeling uh, just generally Positively about the way that things are going in your life. So it was a combination of those things that they measured and they did find an increase. So, yep, uh, uh, becoming a, an optimist and uh, approaching things positively is exactly what it predicts.
0: Perfect. Well, great. Well, hopefully, people will find this super helpful. I mean, I think it's just a good reminder for myself, too, um, to think to do this because, like I said, in my previous life, I, I did this all the time. And now I'm in a positive work environment. So I'm not necessarily having to um, sit there and take a step back from mean, rude comments all the time. Um, but it does happen from time to time. Of course, you know, you deal with people, there's always going to be some issues here and there. So it's a good, good reminder for me to be better about some of these things and really try to, um, in, implement these different techniques. And I hope everybody else does too.
1: Yeah, me too. I know I'm going to definitely start using them. I, I learned something as well. So um, thanks everyone for listening and uh, hope you take some time to uh, see the upside and take a step back and try to give yourself advice you'd give someone else and maybe it'll help you deal mm-hmm. with uh, your stress in your day better.
0: And we'd love to hear from you and hear about how it's going, if the techniques have worked for you as, you've, as you're trying them out. Um And maybe hear from some of you that love this advice and have always been giving it and are excited to hear that it's meaningful. Um, So yes, please reach out. You can find us at workerbeing.com. You can email us at workerbeing at gmail.com. And you can contact us on social media um, at WorkerBeing on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And again, about the retreat, the newsletter, um, the sign up for that is on the website. So again, workerbeing.com if you're interested in that. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks, Katina, for sharing. No problem. Bye, everyone. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer and produced by Allie Johnson. Mm -hmm.